So do you just ask, do you ask sort of questions or something? We'll, yeah. we'll just have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the New Zealand General Practice Podcast. This is an opportunity to share stories about the valuable work done by family doctors in their communities and to explore what sustains them and their teams. Today I'm talking to Andrea Judd, Rural GP from Kaikoura, a dual fellow of the College of GPs and the Division of Rural Hospital Medicine. She introduces us to the concept of SPA O'Clock, which is just wonderful. So welcome to the New Zealand General Practice Podcast, Andrea. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this in your busy day. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about your, about your practice. You're there in Kaikoura. Yeah, so I've been in, in Kaikoura for 27 years now. So um, 27 years, wow. Yeah, I'm pretty well married a local, had three children here. So I think I've um, reached the realms of being considered a local and um, that takes quite some doing in a small rural town like this is, has been but yes no I think I'm part of the furniture here and actually that was really affirmed for me um, after the Kaikoura earthquake and I really realized at that point that this was my community and my community really also saw that I was you know that they couldn't believe that actually I hadn't been here all my life so it was um, yeah that was a, a good thing from there so live on a um, small block of land which is a great retreat to be able to get away from the end of a busy day um yeah it's not, it's not too far out so i can still do a call from there but to be able to drive up this road and i just have these magnificent mountains at the end of it as i'm driving home um yeah. is just a great way to unwind and actually driving into work in the morning i drive straight down to the sea and i thought yesterday when i was driving to work Actually, you know, this is one of the joys of going to work as I get to drive down and the sea and all its mighty with the mountains there. Um, it's like, you know, this is just such a beautiful place to be living and be a part of. And I get that joy still after 27 years of driving in to work. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it is a lovely, lovely feeling, isn't it? And when we, we live in such beautiful places uh, in, in rural New Zealand, it's, it's, it is uh, really an uplift. Mm -hmm. Um, drive driving into it. So tell us about your practice. You uh, you combine the hospital as well as the general practice care. Yeah, so we're an integrated family health facility, um, and we have uh, a, a, a small rural hospital as part of that facility. So we have twenty four beds there. We have a residential wing with fourteen beds in it, which are currently full with a um, a mix of hospital level and sort of mild to moderate dementia. We're not really a dementia unit, but we like to try and keep our people local if we can. Yeah. Um, and and then we have six acute beds that we um, admit acute patients to or or convalescents or whatever. And and, and we still do obstetrics actually, which is a midwifery lead service, but, but backed by the um, general practitioners uh, on call, which seems to work very well. We have quite a well um, stocked and equipped recess room. We um, still are a stop for trauma. We don't get bypassed from here. We provide prime and we cover about 100 k's of State Highway 1, which as you'll all be aware has been in a very um, different state of repair for the last three years. So that's yeah. had its own challenges. We are we're actually really lucky that we've in a position where we've had enough doctors recently, which is 
quite a statement for a rural practice because there's very few that would be able to stay that, um, which has allowed us to sort of embrace things like the COVID-19 uh, pandemic with not quite so much trepidation as we would have in past times. Um, and we're still, like many people, we've just managed to fill all our nursing jobs. So we're actually feeling staff-wise um, quite upbeat at the moment. So, yeah, we're pretty lucky. And your team tampered in the, the fire of the earthquakes as well. Um, you know, that was an incredibly difficult time for, for the town and for, for, for yourselves as a health service. Um, so, um, yes. yeah, kia kaha and, and for, for, for that and the work that you did. Um, the uh, rightful recipient of the Peter Snow Memorial Award um, a few couple thank of years you. ago as well. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes. That, that was, it was a particularly um, a time of quite a lot of stress and I probably developed a lot of my coping mechanisms through that time because I, I, I mean, I had a number, but I really had to hone them in to be able to get through that time, um, the, the yeah. pressure. And we were a small team then, so there was a lot of load. We'd gone through quite a bit of process of change and the whole um, new model of care for this integration and it hadn't really been fully embedded, so there was quite a lot happening with that and there was certainly some significant staffing issues at that stage um, and we wouldn't have got through if it wasn't the support of our our rural GP colleague peers who came from all around New Zealand and, and actually the urban ones as well who got us through that time in, in nursing staff um, and that was uh, just an amazing time of seeing people's sort of generosity um, but also an amazing time of development of the community at that time. And I think this is something that I've noticed this time, although the community is out there helping, it's, it's a very different way of helping. You know, last time it was about reaching out and there was so much touch involved in, in your caring for people. You know, as a GP, quite often people just mm. needed a, a hug. Well, we can't do yes. that this time. You know, so that, yeah. that isolation, it's quite a different sort of a... a a, a way of having to reach out and rethink about this. Yeah. This time, yeah. So. so how do you how do you look after yourself? How how what things have did you learn um, around how to how to care for yourself in that time? Um, I mean, exercise is absolutely crucial, and that's that has to be just put in there somewhere. And I, I you know, there are times when it just gets too hard, and you suddenly realise that you haven't been doing it, and you're perhaps starting to go down a, a trajectory you don't want to. Do. So that's really important, I think. And again, really lucky to be able to get out and get in bush, which I think is that's to, to, to actually um, have trees and birds and actually just none of the humdrum of life around you is really important. Now, that might only be 10 minutes, but actually just getting out there is really important. And um, yeah, so getting I, into I, the greenery and. Absolutely. And that sort of calming sort of thing. Or sitting by the sea was the other thing, you know, driving home maybe or just drive and sit at the beach and just listening to the waves coming in and out. And, and just that, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, mindfulness with nature at its best doing that sort of thing. So really important, but that exercise was, was there. And I did actually look at using a number of um, resources. I did find a mindfulness um, free website that I actually had on my phone and um, I used it one to sometimes help put me to sleep at night so I could just put my earphones in and listen to it and it would 
allow me when I felt that your heart was racing and your blood pressure was going up and things. Or actually I got into the habit of trying to get up before I went to work and just having that 20 minutes and I could just feel the start of the day um, was better with just having that taking your pulse rate down and then you weren't starting on the back foot feeling like you were race, 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 race. I wasn't doing that at the beginning of this time and a friend who's um, a very good sort of, uh, ment- well, she's a good friend and I can bounce anything off her. Kept saying, Andrea, you're talking too fast, slow down. And that was me racing and time to step back and just have a little bit of a, a breather about it. So yeah. I did that. Um, Having those critical friends as well is really important, isn't it? Uh, having somebody who's who's close enough to you to be able to say and recognise and to challenge you and say, you know, you really need to slow down. That's 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 really important. It is. Um, and, and I have this very close, they, they actually all work sort of um, within, sort of on the fringe of health, one's community support worker and the other one works um, with young groups and we have a we have a session that we try and happen as often as possible. It doesn't happen nearly as much as it should. And it's called Spar O'Clock. And it's about drinking called, bubbles. Called what, sorry? Spar O'Clock. Yes. It's about drinking yes, drinking bubbles while you're sitting in bubbles. So you sit in a spa. <laughs> and it's just it's a very much a um a, a great way for all three of us with quite demanding jobs to be able to just just download and, and you know and that when whatever you, happens there doesn't go anywhere else. And when you say you do that as often as possible, is that like twice a day or? <laughs> if only. <laughs> but I might have a problem with the medical council if I did that one. <laughs> no, we, I mean, it's, it's probably maybe once or twice a month, but it's Friday nights if, if you're available. But if obviously if you're on call or other things that are happening from there, it doesn't. So you've got to have that download. You've got to have that close connection, I think, um, around you to be able to just, you know, do do that. Um, and that's, that's we've actually got that going through Zoom, so that's still carrying on. So um, one of them doesn't have a, have a uh, spa, so she has to sit in the bath to um, <laughs> do it. <this> <laughs> so that's working well. And I do use a professional mentor, um, and she's fantastic because much as we talk about me trying to do that as a regular thing, it never happens that way. And usually she knows that if I'm ringing that there's some sort of, I I use the word crisis, but it's not quite that, but, you know, I've got something that's pressing that I'd like to discuss. So she's very good at creating some time um, around me trying, but she's based in Christchurch, so I could Zoom it, but I quite like that personal touch and she'll she'll make it work for me if I'm managing to get down there and do that. And that's great because that's someone completely removed and often just helps regroup from there. So, yeah. So how did you find, find that person? Um, I actually um, had used her for somebody else, um, for a youth, actually, um, and was quite liked what I saw from there and then said, um, you know, and she does do quite a lot of professional mentoring for different people. Um, in fact, her name was given to me by by the esteemed Sue Bagshaw right back in the early days. Of, so she came with good recommendation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yes. So, I'm, yeah, it's been good. But last year I did a weekend away. Up, um, a friend of mine runs um, a three-day retreat. Um, and just out of Blenheim for doctors and um, I was lucky enough to go up 
for the inaugural one and that was that was really neat because it gave me some really short sharp things than big ones you know there's like a 30 second resetting the goals called the squeegee mop approach you know and some of those things about trying to cope with that you know sometimes you've just had too many patients in a row that it's bad news and you're just thinking you know I can't or you've had too many crying on your shoulder and you think I can't really face another one and this thing how can I do that with the next one coming through and I just had a couple of you know there were some really good things that we did which gave you some good tools to be able to and I you know I'd really promote that but I'll, I'll put that at the end um, the website for that one for people to look at from there that's fantastic I mean that's uh, uh, yeah it'd be really great to share that share that resource um, as well if that's if that's possible mm. What about for the team as a whole? Is there anything that you do as a group? Yeah, and your team's what gets you through these times. So you've got to look after them. You know, that is that is what makes your life easy if you've got your team on board. Well, I mean, we're, we're lucky. We've got, a, we've got a beautiful facility that's quite spacious. So we've still been able to have the team come in and maintain some distance. Um, and I really feel for all these people who are having to work from home because... Actually, yes, we can Zoom and we can do everything, but this, it's not quite the same as seeing people in the flesh and just having that little joke with them. And, you know, and I think we've, we're quite lucky in that we've been able to do that. We've got space, so the staff room, which isn't particularly big, we can now move into the residents' dining room once they've, you know, um, and they're not, they're not really using that because they're not congregating so much. So I, we've, there's a few um, messenger sites that we've got which started off being a serious one but it's like everything else has has disintegrated into a, a place where everybody posts all of the, the uh, funniest memes that they can find and that's all good that's about connection from there and just making sure that people are okay with little things um we have started having morning tea people are bringing and baking the kitchens providing it um so once again you know the the post-trauma weight's going back on again for everybody we've been much better with chocolate this time um so <laughs> but i think it's it's about checking in with each other we've divided into two teams um just to yeah. one minimize the risk to each one we've had a number of staff that have had to be stood down until they've had results come back yeah. for you know variety of reasons but also i think it's yeah it's just about talking to each other and saying how you're going and and um and just yeah making sure that that's okay really i think um and the team have been amazing again i just you know the loyalty of them is what gets you through and what yeah. makes it a joy really but they're loving coming to work too. It's almost like you're the privileged one because <laughs> you get to leave home. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. But it is it is tough when you just don't have that ability to just say, oh, I'll just pop in and see someone or I'll whatever, you know. I think that is um, – so, so I think some workers are actually relishing the fact that after, you know, the first four days of being at home, they all said, oh, thank God I've got work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so I think we're privileged to be able to still work, work mm. through this time. And it's not that busy um, as all general practice, even for us. Um, it's, it's, well, it's a different sort of pressure and busyness. The first bit was with just the organisation and trying to get things done. But we've got that done and the patterns are there and you know we feel confident about our processes and 
things. So actually, it's it's not that busy, which was another reason to split the teams because we just don't need that many people there at the moment anyway. Are there things that you'll keep on doing? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think that's one of the beauties about what's happened. And I, I always say that, you know, out of adversity comes opportunity. And that's what this is going to provide. The patients are loving having consults over the phone or by, we haven't actually managed to see working that well yet, but that's that's our next, this is this week's challenge is to get that up and going. Um, but they're loving it. And, you know, we've tried to talk to people in the past about doing that a bit more and it hasn't really floated. So this is going to mean that we practice in quite a different way going forward. Um, and I see that as one of the real opportunities of what has happened with this COVID-19. And, you know, the feedback in the supermarket, if you go there from people, is, oh, that was great. It was so easy. I got exactly what I wanted. I didn't have to wait, you know, and um, it, it was very positive, the feedback there. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. That's really brilliant. That's really brilliant. Hey, so do you have any particular tips or tricks for, that you could share or I could share in the show notes with people? You talked about the three-day retreat. Um, anything else that you're doing as a family or as, as a team that, that we could share? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a few things. I've, I've loved having my boys back home. My daughter is um, unfortunately in Ireland, but she's working, so she's happy. But um, it's been really great because the boys want to play games. They want to get back and do the card games like we, we always did on family holidays and things like that. Um, and that's been... that's. Um, and, and just, you know, uh, enjoying family again. It's really given people that opportunity to be able to do that. The dog's been trained up as the outfielder for the cricket team um, with a bit of Pavlovian, <laughs> Pavlovian theory applied. Um, you know, so that's that's been quite, quite fun um, to do that. I think that we've all really enjoyed cooking again. I'm, I, I love cooking anyway, but we're all taking turns and the boys are using the chance to have me around to help them develop some skills with that. So it's about people having the time to be able to be creative again. And I think we get so focused sometimes on what we're doing that that creativity has doesn't get a lock in. And, you know, I've got some knitting going at the moment. And, but, and I think that's what does keep you a bit more grounded again, really. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I'd, I'd say. And, but yeah. I do think it's about... And like you say, your space, Joe. I think people have realised that they need time for themselves because actually when you're living in a bubble, actually it becomes very obvious that you need to have that time for yourself. And that's, that's important any time, but even more so now when your world is quite small, even if, it's, even if you are going to work in home, that's all your, your, your work world and your bubble is. So that's tiny. So you need that time for yourself. I think all of those things are things that we, again, probably will take, learn from and take into the future of this. You know, there are lots of that, that connection with family and, and having the time, uh, giving the time to do that, celebrating that time is, is something I'm, mm -hmm. I'm learning um, through, through all of this. Um, you know, we can, we can be incredibly busy and it's actually great to, to, to celebrate this connection that we're making. Yeah. Do you have any other final sort of words of wisdom or um, pearl that you'd like to cast before us, Andrea? 
Yeah, I, I think there's a few things. I think, you know, it, we are learning a new way. I don't think we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think that as GPs, one of our really important thing is our ability to reach out. We have such knowledge and such um, just privileged into people's lives. And I think that one of our real pluses as a general practitioner is being able to reach out to people to touch them. You know, for some of our elderly, we might be the only person that touches them you know and that might be just by putting your hand on their shoulder or listening to their chest or whatever but if they live alone they may not have anybody else and I'm, I think that's we can talk to them we can Skype them we can do whatever but actually they need touch and I, I think yes we will do some things differently but we don't want to do it all differently because what we have is still um, a, something that's very special as a general practitioner and I, I think that we shouldn't under um, yeah, undervalue what that that face to face is um, for a lot of people, really. Um, but I, I I think you know, as I say, I've, out of adversity always comes um, opportunity. But I, I, there was a quite a good quote I saw, and it was just life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass; it's about learning how to dance in the rain. And I think that actually sums it up quite nicely. Is um, you know that's what we should be doing. We've just got to learn to dance in the rain and go with it because that's where the good things come from. It. I absolutely love that. That's brilliant. Thank you, Andrea. That is, um, I, I'll, I'll think about that. And uh, next time it's raining, I'll go out and have a dance. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Joe. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. So much practical wisdom and fun in uh, Andrea's self-care. She shared with me the falconrise.com which is the uh, retreat that she talked about and wildmind.org which I'll link in the show notes for her mindfulness I expect we're all looking forward to the next cloudy grey day hoping it's going to pour with rain if you're enjoying the New Zealand General Practice Podcast please rate it where you found it and share it with your friends if you want to know more about general practice in New Zealand the Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners has a website with all the advice you need about vocational training. If you're looking to work in New Zealand or just want to share what brings you joy in your work, you can contact me via Twitter. I am at a Portuguese GP or find me, Dr. Joe Scott Jones, on LinkedIn. Kakite ano. See you next time.